The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Why precisely is there a caucus in the United States Congress that openly sympathizes and lies on behalf of a Jew-hating genocidal terrorist group? That's the question that should be on the lips of every American today after watching Rashida Tlaib, the elected congresswoman from Michigan, lead an insurrectionist protest into a Congress building in solidarity with Hamas. Tlaib has spent her entire political career hating Jews. She has routinely equated Jews defending themselves from Hamas terrorism with Hamas terrorism. She routinely denounces Israel as an apartheid state, but has never found it in her heart to condemn either Hamas or Hezbollah. According to the Washington Free Beacon, Tlaib has ties to a pro-Palestine activist who praised Hezbollah for attacking, quote, Israel. Tlaib has met repeatedly with a Michigan-based newspaper publisher who claims Hezbollah has made Lebanon safer. Two of Tlaib's campaign bundlers have pushed anti-Israel and pro-terrorist views. Another Tlaib ally, Salah Sarsour, has been accused of financing Hamas through front groups in the 1990s, according to FBI documents. Sarsour, an official at the Islamic Society of Milwaukee, organized fundraisers for Tlaib in both 2018 and 2020. Abbas Hamideh, a Palestinian activist who cheered that, quote, Hezbollah slaughtered Israel, attended Tlaib's 2019 swearing-in. In short, it is no mystery where Rashida Tlaib stands. She stands with Hamas and other genocidal anti-Jewish terror groups. She made that even clearer this week when she issued no denunciation of Hamas specifically for their massacre of 1,500 Jews, instead blaming their anti-Jewish pogrom on American funding of Israel's quote-unquote apartheid government. And then, yesterday, Tlaib promoted a blood libel. As we talked about on yesterday's show, on Tuesday, a failed Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket landed in a parking lot next to a hospital. Hamas promptly lied and blamed the Israelis and claimed 500 dead. The claim was quickly debunked by radar data, video data, and audio data. Didn't matter, the entire media ran with it. But here is what Rashida Tlaib said yesterday, after the debunking, at a pro-Hamas rally at the Capitol. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children... You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking and somebody you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic. They do, they can cry, I can cry, we all can cry. If we're not crying, something is wrong. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just gonna sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the forever peace president. When are we going to feel safe? When are we going to stop funding, continue literally oppression of indigenous communities? When are we going to say enough? So all of that was a lie. But not a shocking lie because Tlaib supports terrorists. She has done so consistently throughout her career. She openly calls for the eradication of the Jewish state, supporting instead what she calls a secular one-state outcome, which would, of course, devolve into an Islamic state. She has never at any point expressed any discontent about the presence of some 55 Islamic states on the planet, of course. And yet the media have treated Tlaib as a great lightbringer. The New York Times Magazine ran a glowing piece about Tlaib in 2022, explaining in breathless terms, quote, she changed the Israeli-Palestinian debate in Congress by reminding her colleagues of the human stakes. It's a burden she would rather not carry. 
Tlaib isn't the only member of the Hamas caucus, of course. Ilhan Omar is a founding member. Like Tlaib, she parrots Hamas talking points down to the lie that Israel bombed the hospital. She, like Tlaib, is a supporter of the so-called boycott of vest sanctions movement that seeks the extermination of the state of Israel. She believes that Israel, quote, hypnotized the world. She blames Republican support for Israel on the Benjamins, parroting the notion that Jews pay off Congress people to support Israel. She compared Israel, Hamas, and the Taliban to one another. And yet Democrats continue to avoid directly condemning either Tlaib or Omar. Meanwhile, other adjunct members of the Hamas caucus continue to gain credibility in Democratic circles. In June of this year, nine Democrats, including the venerable Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, voted against a resolution in Congress declaring that Israel is, quote, not a racist or apartheid state and stating that the United States will, quote, always be a staunch partner and supporter of Israel. The eight other Democrats include Jamal Bowman, Summer Lee, Cory Bush, Andre Carson, Delia Ramirez, Ayanna Presley, and Pramila Jayapal. AOC, of course, wept openly on the floor of the House when the House passed funding to rearm Israel's defensive Iron Dome. That's right. She cried in front of the cameras because Israel was being given funding for defensive weaponry to shoot down rockets aimed at Jewish civilian areas. So why does the Democratic Party have such a tough time dissociating from its terror-supporting members? Why do they suddenly suffer from acute amnesia when asked to even condemn their comments? The answer is obvious. Too many Democrats have invested too much in a political strategy that is deeply dependent on a single lie, that there is an intersectional coalition of the oppressed that must be united in order to tear down the root institutions of a corrupt Western society. In this view, BLM is the same as Hamas, is the same as the Democratic Socialists of America, is the same as the radical LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign movement. All are necessary cogs in a machine designed to wreck the West in the name of the so-called marginalized a machine designed to tear down the supposed hierarchy dominated by white male Christians. Now, for a long time, many in the liberal Jewish community thought they could be part of this club. After all, haven't Jews been historically victimized? Aren't they a minority? Now, they were wrong, of course. It turns out that the Jews are too white and too disproportionately successful for the liking of the intersectional coalition. In this view, as Whoopi Goldberg once said, even the Holocaust was merely white-on-white crime. And when Hamas terrorists murder Jewish babies, well, that's just decolonization. The Democratic Party can't throw out the Hamas caucus without also recognizing the failure of its new core ideology. If it turns out that disproportionate poverty and failure among certain groups is not the result of Western civilization itself or some evil white hierarchy, that Hamas can be brown and poor and also evil, and that their evil is not the result of supposed Jewish colonization or exploitation, well, that would undermine the entire coalitional strategy. And that can't be allowed. Now, the Democratic Party does have another road. They could simply make the case for left-wing policies on their own merits, on the basis of redistributive fairness or efficiency. But they probably won't. They've staked too much in their intersectional future to toss out the terrorist supporters. And so they will likely continue to promote the Hamas caucus. And Jew hatred will grow. And the collapse of the West will accelerate. In a second, we'll show you the insurrectionist activity at a Capitol building that will probably not result in long prison sentences for protesters because, of course, they are left-wing pro-Hamas activists. We'll get to that momentarily first. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. The G20, the Group of 20, it's an international forum for governments and central bank governors. It was established in response to the financial crises of the late 1990s with the aim of promoting international financial stability. Central bank digital currencies allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even give officials the ability to prohibit you from purchasing certain items or freeze your accounts altogether. There's reason to be concerned about that. If you haven't yet, you need to call Birch Gold today. Talk to an expert about preserving your savings in a tax-sheltered retirement account. I've been a customer of Birch Gold Group for years. They make it really easy to convert your savings into precious metal. So if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer that's just gathering dust, call up Birch Gold. They'll help you convert it into an IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. 
listen, diversification is just a smart strategy with your money. Text Ben to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. If digital currency becomes a reality, you'll be glad you have something physical to fall back upon. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold today. Okay, so yesterday, after Rashida Tlaib ginned up a bunch of uh, pro-Hamas supporters, doubling down again on that Gaza hospital lie. And that is a total lie. Hamas lied purposefully, deliberately. We don't know how many are dead from a rocket that hit a parking lot. It certainly is not 500. We, we certainly know who fired the rocket, according to both American intelligence and Israeli intelligence and radar data and audio data and visual data. We know exactly what happened here. Rashida Tlaib went and she lied to an entire crowd. And then that crowd proceeded to essentially overrun the Cannon office building. That is a house office building that is located just a few yards from the Capitol building. Uh, Tlaib, for her part, she wasn't answering any questions. She ran away from reporters when she was confronted about the fact that she was lying openly about the bombing of the hospital. She, she just ran away because that is what she does, because she is a, like, like most terrorists, she's an actual coward. Well, the pro-Hamas protesters mobbed the Capitol. Here is some of the footage of the protesters mobbing the Capitol. Again, it's all good, peaceful rioting when it's, when it's people of the left, when it's people supporting terrorist groups that are occupying government buildings. That's okay. That's the way this works. If you're a January 6th rioter or you're just an old grandmother who wanders into the Capitol building under the weird misimpression that you were allowed to be in there on January 6th, you might get a few years in prison. However, if you deliberately storm a Capitol office building, which is illegal, and then you occupy it, then that apparently is totally fine, kind of fine. I'm, I'm eager to see how Attorney General Merrick Garland decides to deal with the hundreds of people who are actually arrested because of this particular event. So look at the size of this crowd. Here is a giant crowd of terrorists and their fellow travelers and useful idiots marching toward the Capitol office building, the Cannon House office building. That is a big crowd of people who really like terrorists right here in the United States. Always very encouraging. Again, none of those people will actually condemn Hamas. None of them. In fact, they have posters reading decolonize. What do you think decolonize means? Have they been shy about this? Decolonize means kill the Jews. That's what it means. They've been absolutely clear about this. What Hamas did, according to this crowd, is they began the process of decolonization by wiping out Jewish babies in small villages. That's what they did. By, by, by literally, I've seen the photograph and video evidence, saw more of it yesterday. Not going to show it to you today, but it is there. Certainly, you can find it online of them pulling bodies out of wreckage that have been tied together with bailing wire and then, and then murdered. So yeah, th- th- that's decolonization though. And there's lots of this sort of footage of these, these evil protesters who have decided to take over the, the Cannon ha- House office building. Here is some of them, what happened when they, when they went into the office building. Again, you're, you're supposed to go through like metal detectors and actually, but, but apparently it's totally fine to just occupy buildings now. Again, when you're a Democrat, you can get away with anything. Or when you're a Democrat associate, so uh, they, they, they got a bunch of useful idiot quasi-Jews. When I say quasi-Jews, I mean, these people may be ethnically Jewish, but they have about as much association with Judaism as, um, as a ham sandwich does. And it, my, my favorite part of the videos of the, of the not-in-our-name pseudo-Jews who are, who are joining this particular movement, I do love it when there's video of people who are supposed to be looking Jewish and then they just completely miswear the garb. It's one of my favorite things. So a lot of them are wearing what are called talasim, Right, the tali, you've seen pictures of Orthodox Jews and they're wearing what looks like a prayer shawl, right? It's a prayer shawl. These morons wear it like a kente cloth because they have no idea what they're doing. No shock there. They're useful idiots on behalf of terrorists. So this is the least of their problem. 
So the Hamas protesters took over the Cannon House office building. Arrests were made. I will say uh, I do take a, a, a bit of glee in the way these arrests go down, uh, mainly because um, if you're going to go and do a criminal thing and then you get arrested and then this is your reaction. Uh, yeah, you're a real tough guy until the moment you get arrested. This particular protester getting arrested for occupying a, a house office building seems to have eaten a raw jalapeno at the same time that he was arrested. Yeah, that's tough stuff there. And there are these morons shouting at people. Not in our name. No, who's asking for anything to be done in your name? Again, what they mean by free, free Palestine is not free the Gaza Strip of Hamas. They do not mean free parts of the West Bank of Palestinian Authority or Islamic Jihad or even create a Palestinian state. They mean free Tel Aviv, by which they mean destroy. Look at that. Jews for the abolition of Israel. I mean, are they are they like... They're not hiding the ball. This is the part that drives me absolutely up a wall. The unbelievable gaslighting where people keep saying over and over and over out loud exactly what they want. And then the entire Western media, plus the Biden administration, well, that's totally not what they want. No, no, no. There are no Hamas supporters in the Gaza Strip. None. They don't exist. They're all wonderful Westerners who've just been dominated by a small group of evil terrorists, which is weird because that's absolutely not what's happening. And these protesters, they're, they're not in favor of Hamas, guys. They're just in favor of a Palestinian state. Sure, they say they want to completely destroy Israel. And sure, not a single one of them will go on camera condemning Hamas for, for its attacks or as an organization. But, you know, what they really want, what they really want and the projection of your own thoughts and wishes into people who uh, who believe truly evil things continues to be a source of amazement to me. So pro-Hamas protesters also tried to climb barriers outside the White House. So that was exciting yesterday. Here they go. They're trying to uh, climb the fence. Little insurrection happening right there. I don't know what they think they're going to do once they get over that fence other than go to jail. But uh, genius level stuff from our pro-Hamas crowd here in the United States. Pro-Hamas protesters also invaded a Senate hearing. There's a Senate hearing going on. They decided to uh, go to the Senate building and disturb the Senate hearing. So that would be illegal, right? That is disturbing the functional workings of government. I was told by all the right people that on January 6th, this was a crime against humanity and a threat to the Republic. But, you know, it's totally fine again. When when members of the left do this sort of stuff, totally fine. Terry? So um, this is a lady yelling in the back. There's just footage of the senators looking on like, who's this crazy lady and how can we arrest her? According to NBC Washington, hundreds of people who entered a U.S. House office building Wednesday afternoon have been arrested after demonstrating to demand a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. That makes it sound a lot less um, egregious than it was. Again, that is illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Also, when you demand a ceasefire between a terrorist group that is currently holding, currently, not like before, holding right now, 200 hostages, including a dozen Americans, you're pro-Hamas. No other way to put it. That's what you are. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. It's really, really important stuff. If you have a family dependent on you, you need life insurance. I have lots of life insurance on me. That is something that makes me feel a certain level of safety and comfort. My family as well. You should do the same thing. Policy Genius does better than anyone. Their licensed agents work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. So you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information is kept private. 
It's super satisfying to check that life insurance off your to-do list. So you can do that today. Life insurance through your workplace may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now would be the time to buy. Policy Genius makes that process so much easier. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Your loved ones deserve that financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. So head over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. It's more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past that can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN, really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval, dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. So again, according to NBC Washington, a U.S. Capitol Police spokesperson said that officials believe everyone went through security and entered the Cannon House building according to guidelines. But those who enter are supposed to not stay inside the congressional buildings. Like you're supposed to be there for a reason. Protesters, including rabbis, I love this. Whenever they say including rabbis, I say, okay, where's your smicha from? Seriously, I'm gonna play my Jew card here. No, no, I don't don't believe your credentials. Your credentials are garbage. You got them from the bottom of a Cracker Jack box. They demonstrated from the main floor and from several balconies, singing, praying, holding signs and banners and chanting, cease fire now. Close to 300 people were in custody. More than three hours after the rally inside the congressional office building began, three have been charged with assault on a police officer during processing, according to the police. So this seems like, you know, if the rules apply for the goose, they apply for the gander. I expect that some of these people will be held in solitary confinement. And then I expect that some of them will go to jail for prolonged periods of time. After all, we are told that these are threats to the republic. So why not? So here's here's a question. Where are the Democrats blasting the Hamas caucus? Seriously, why is Rashida Tlaib still in Congress? She can be expelled. It seems to me that supporting terrorists, it's a pretty good reason to expel a member of Congress. 
It seems like a fairly obvious one. Why exactly should you be allowed to sit in the halls of Congress if you support a terrorist group, Hamas or Hezbollah, as Rashida Tlaib so obviously does? Where is the Democratic Party in all of this? Where are all the top level Democrats saying anything? Instead, what they're doing is many of them are saying pro-Israel things and then they're pretending that, they, that Rashida Tlaib doesn't exist until it's time to pose with her on the cover of a magazine so they can show the strength of the intersectional coalition. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, he correctly said yesterday that the world blamed Israel unfairly for the hospital bombing. Here is Chuck Schumer. But of course, he's had nothing to say over the course of years about any of his colleagues inside the Democratic Party who support terrorism. It was Chuck Schumer, by the way, who also helped usher through the garbage Iran deal pushed by the Obama administration that helped strengthen Iran to strengthen the hand of Hamas for this attack in the first place. Chuck Schumer voted against the deal, but only after giving permission to members of his own caucus to vote in favor of the Iran deal. Anyway, here is Chuck Schumer. Regret the loss of any life, any innocent life. Um, now there's con- there's proof put out by the Israelis that the rocket, of course, was not from the uh, I, I, from Israel, but rather was from one of the Palestinian groups that works with Hamas. And this is what Israel's up against. Israel didn't put out a statement immediately because they were checking it. They wanted the truth. Hamas immediately said. Oh, the IDF did it. They lied through their teeth. And, you know, for six hours, the world blamed Israel unfairly. Now the word is getting out. And I think all of us have an obligation to get that proof out. Well, I mean, that's true. It would be great if you speak up against the terrorist members of your own caucus or terrorist supporting members of your own caucus. By the way, one of my favorite things about all these demonstrations is that this, this is now a reality. This happens all the time. So Last night, I spoke at the University of Florida about this topic. There was a pro-Hamas rally outside. Some members of my team went out there with cameras to ask people if they could describe what their end goal is, like with a map of Israel and the Palestinian Authority-occupied areas and the Hamas-occupied areas in the Gaza Strip and said, okay, I want you to explain to me which part of this ought to be Palestine. None of them would answer the questions. And that's because people are now being told, don't talk to the media because you might inadvertently show that you're genocidal, which presumably is why, for example, Pro-Palestine demonstrators, according to the Daily Caller, gathered outside of the White House on Monday, refusing to denounce Hamas. The Daily Caller's Joel Gibbons asked one man why he was at the protests. He started covering up his face. People, people refused to answer questions. See, it seems to me if you're at a protest, you should be able to answer questions about what you're protesting for. That's the purpose of a protest. But uh, not according to these folks, because we all know why they're at the protest. The answer is that they support a terrorist group. You want me to condemn Hamas? I can't do that. No one condemns violence, but at the same time, what else are the Palestinians, like, what else do you want us to do? I approve of anyone that fights for their freedom. I'm just asking, do you condemn, like, the attacks, like, the, like, on, on... Yeah, tell, yeah the, the Israeli savage attacks on Gaza where they're literally bombing thousands of babies and the Hamas fighters are underground, not being touched. Can you explain to me why Israel is bombing thousands of babies as we speak? Can you explain that to me? No, I don't, I don't... I'm not a fan. I'm not. Oh, you're not a fan. He's not a fan. Which which team are you a fan of? Which team are you a fan of? Okay, so um, the answer to his question is the reason that Israel has been bombing these targets with as much precision as it can is to kill as many Hamas terrorists as it can. The reality is that if Israel would do what what Israel needs to do right now is bomb the tunnels. Okay, the tunnels are all located 40 feet underground. Israel does have the ordinance to do that. They've been refraining from doing that because Hamas will not allow civilians to be cleared from the area. It's the exact reason Hamas won't allow civilians to be cleared from the area. Israel has been trying to get the civilians out of these areas so they can bomb the terror tunnels before they have to send 
Israeli men and women into these areas to fight hand to hand with terrorists while being shot at by civilians, by pseudo civilians, many of whom are still located in these parts of the Gaza Strip. That's the reality. On a military level, what Israel actually needs to do is destroy the tunnels before it goes in. But because Hamas is hiding civilians on top and they have the sympathy of the world media, they understand that Israel can't even kill the terrorists. That's the whole plan to turn this thing into Vietnam for Israel, that if Israel goes in, it turns into Black Hawk Down. That's the entire goal. That's the entire goal. That's why Hamas is keeping civilians up there. It's why civilians are dying right now. And in just one second, we'll get to the intersectional coalition, which, again, continues to be quite robust, even if it means backing terrorism. Get to that first. Every Halloween, parents are warned about the potential dangers in kids' candy. And a lot of that is exaggerated. But the potential dangers you encounter every day in the meat aisle is truly spooky. Lab-grown meat is growing more and more popular. It's not unusual for foreign meat to be labeled as product of the United States. You don't really know what's in that stuff. Fortunately, my friends at Good Ranchers have made it their mission to change all of that. This Halloween, Good Ranchers is taking the trick out of their meat, and they are throwing in a treat for my listeners. 30 bucks off your order with promo code Shapiro at GoodRanchers.com. The number one place to get America's best pork, beef, chicken, and seafood delivered is with Good Ranchers. Their products are transparently sourced, all-American, and delicious. When you shop at GoodRanchers.com, you don't have to question what's in your meat, because again, it is guaranteed 100% American. Take the mystery out of the meat aisle. Visit GoodRanchers.com. Use my code Shapiro to get 30 bucks off with free express shipping. I know the quality of their product because they made me their only kosher steak and it was spectacular. It's code Shapiro for 30 bucks off your box at GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. Again, go check them out right now. GoodRanchers.com. Use my promo code Shapiro and get 30 bucks off with free express shipping. The best meat in America today. Okay, so the Intersectional Coalition. Everybody understands that what is holding it together is hatred of the supposed power hierarchy. That's what this is. You know who understands this? Hamas. Here's a flashback, 2021. Here's the head of Hamas. Actually, it is Yahya Sinwar condemning American racism. Now, what, what, why is this happening? Why? The answer, of course, is because he is attempting to draw a kinship between black people in America and Palestinian Arabs living under the tyrannical rule of Hamas. But not because the Palestinian Arabs living under the tyrannical rule of, of Hamas are being oppressed by Hamas. No, because Israel is the great oppressor. And it's the coalition of the dispossessed nonsense. And by the way, this is exactly how many organizers for Black Lives Matter talk about the Palestinian issue. They suggest that black Americans are living under the boot heel of the evil white American racist substructure in the same way that Palestinians are living under the boot of the evil Zionist oppressor. That's the commonality. You wonder why BLM was tweeting out actual graphics of hang gliding Palestinian terrorists murdering people? You wonder why they were doing That's why. You know who knows that? Hamas. And they play on it. Here is Yahya Sinwar doing exactly this just a couple of years ago. He says, I want to take this opportunity to remember the racist murder of George Floyd. This guy's a f***ing terrorist. George Floyd was killed as a result of a racist ideology held by some people. Literally, his, char his charter says kill all the Jews, by the way, should, should remind you. This same type of racism that killed George Floyd is being used by Israel against the Palestinians. They know the game. They know the intersectional game. They're playing the intersectional game. And they are enabled by the media to play that intersectional game because the media are part of the deal. The media love the intersectional game. The media allow them to continue to claim that the West is actually the great Satan. The West is the problem. It's all Western structures of power. Israel's a colonialist outpost in the Middle East. Never mind the fact the only reason anybody ever gave a crap about the land over there is because it's Jewish in the first place. Never mind the fact there's continuous Jewish presence in the land of Israel since literally the time of the Bible, predating the existence of Islam by millennia. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. All that matters is the narrative. And the narrative is there's an intersectional coalition to take on the, the 
the halls and the and the pillars of power. This is you wonder why AOC got sucked into this thing. You think AOC knows bleep about the Middle East? AOC barely knows how to tie her shoes in the morning. AOC can't make herself a bowl of oatmeal. That lady has the IQ of a kumquat. What is she? I mean, there's literal tape of her with Margaret Hoover explaining she knows nothing about the Middle East. Nothing. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, um, I think it, what I meant is like the the settlements that are increasing in, in some of these areas and, and places where, um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics on this issue, you know? And yet that lady is extremely vocal about all this. Why? Why? Well, because again, she is part of the dispossessed coalition. This is the intersectional coalition that must be upheld at all costs, even at the expense of lots and lots of dead Jews. That's what's going on here. This is why AOC, party girl of the Democratic Socialists of America, is suddenly deeply concerned about Iron Dome. And th- th- this, this ridiculous Instagram TikTok dope. I mean, here, here she was yesterday talking about tax the rich and slicing lemons on the Instas. Also, she's, she's very much in favor of, of the Hamas. She, she kind of likes them. They're, they're kind of cool. Why? They would kill her first opportunity, by the way. I mean, like, one of my favorite things about the intersectional coalition is that they're willing to ride or die with Hamas up until the point where Hamas actually kills them. I noted yesterday, again, at the University of Florida, there were two protests that were simultaneously held outside my lecture at the University of Florida, both fairly small. One of them was a protest by the LGBTQ crowd, and the other was a protest by the pro-Hamas crowd. They get along all the way until the pro-Hamas crowd decides to kill every member of the LGBTQ crowd. In any case, here was AOC yesterday promoting her democratic socialist ideals, like, well, oh my God, like, here's a lemon, and I can slice it, and it's like a citrus. Ooh. Shout out to my radicals who think that maybe one way that we can deal with a lot of the shortfall that we have is to do things like legalize marijuana and tax the, the Congress yeah, on that pot. so that we can fund oh. our schools. Or I don't know, tax the rich. Maybe we can tax the, tax rich, the rich so that people who have helipads on their house or near their house can help chip in for... If you shake your head like AOC, it makes you intelligent. It doesn't make you look like a doofus from the valley circa 1997. If you go like this a lot, it means that you're smart, according to the media. By the way, that that sweatshirt she's wearing, the Tax the Rich sweatshirt, you can buy it for $58 on her website. Exciting news from the Tax the Rich crowd. In any case, again, the intersectional coalition is all, and the entire media are in support of this. This is why, for example, Charles Blow has a piece at the New York Times. Again, his name is apt. His columns absolutely blow. They are They are awful universally. He has an entire piece of the New York Times today called An Evolving Moral High Ground in the Israel-Gaza War. What is the evolving moral high ground, pray tell? The first two paragraphs tell the whole story. The terrorist attack by Hamas against Israelis was horrid, barbaric, and inexcusable. What is happening to innocent citizens of Gaza is also horrid and not a justifiable response to terrorist attacks. Ah, so retaliating against Hamas is the same thing as Hamas, by the way, including tons of Gazan civilians. I know this is part of the story that nobody wants to tell because it's ugly and it suggests that there are a lot of Gazan civilians who actually kind of love Hamas. But there's tons of footage during the actual terrorist assault, worst attack on Jews since the Holocaust, of tons of Gazan civilians. We're talking about kids as young as 14, 15 years old running into Jewish areas and stealing things or participating in the violence. But according to Charles Blow, there's a moral equivalence. Why does he have to maintain the moral equivalence? Again, it seems kind of weird. Why is it that advocates for Black Lives Matter 
which is supposedly a civil rights organization, are protesting on behalf of one of the worst civil rights and human rights violators on planet Earth. Why are they doing that? Again, intersectional coalition. That's all that matters. And the media continue to lie on behalf of this intersectional coalition across the West. CBS News, disgusting. So we all know at this point, it has been thoroughly and completely debunked that the hit on the Gaza hospital either killed 500 people because it didn't hit the hospital, it hit a parking lot, or two, that it even was done by the Israelis. It was done by Palestinian Islamic Jihad. There was audio tape we played yesterday on the show of Hamas operatives talking to one another and saying, oh boy, that was us, wasn't it? Oh yes, it was. It doesn't matter. Here's how CBS News covered it. It was still Israel's fault. The aftermath of the massive explosions at the Al-Ahli Hospital is still a smoking wreck. What should have been a safe haven has turned into a living nightmare. We left our home to come here, this woman says. We thought it would be safe, but then we got bombed. The Anglican church, which runs the hospital, has said it was struck before by an Israeli rocket just four days earlier injuring four members of staff. Speaking to CBS News, Fadl Naim, a doctor at Al-Ahli, says Israel's army sent a warning to evacuate the facility less than 48 hours before that explosion. Okay, now pause. You may notice that in the entire clip, is there anything mentioning the fact that it was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that fell in the parking lot of the hospital? Not a single thing. They're just ignoring it. They're pretending the story doesn't even exist. They're pretending the truth doesn't even exist. These scumbags. The media truly have blood on their hands because it turns up, it turns out that when you spin up terrorist supporters with lies about the blood libel Jews, it turns out people die because of that. But the media don't care. Christian Amanpour, another Hamas fan, here she was yesterday promoting the idea that it was the IDF lying under these circumstances. Christian Amanpour is a disgrace to journalism. Now, the issue is, as you said, no matter what the Israelis say and now what the U.S. say, uh, in the in the beginning, before there was any, quote-unquote, investigation, well, there was an investigation and they came to their conclusions, it ignited the Arab world because yeah. this they've seen so many times. And because, and I'm sorry to say this, because in the past the Israeli IDF has not been honest about what actually happened. Look at Shirin Abu Apla. I know that we keep talking about it. They always say Shirin Abu Apla, which was a situation where it was unclear who shot Shirin Abu Akla. And then, you know who admitted that it was the Israelis? The Israelis. In any case, Christian Amanpour doing, doing Hamas's work for them because this is what so, mem- so many members of the mainstream media do. The BBC, which is absolutely the worst on this. The BBC is so bad on this sort of stuff. The BBC's ingrained anti-Semitism is unbelievably strong, which is why seven separate journalists from the BBC in the last week alone have had to be fired or suspended because they posted on public media about how they were in solidarity with Hamas. doesn't matter. Here was a BBC journalist saying the attack had to be Israel, even though it clearly was not Israel. The Israeli military has been contacted uh, for comment and they have said that they are investigating. But, uh, you know, it is hard to see what else this could be really given the size of the explosion, other than an Israeli ah. airstrike or several airstrikes, uh, because, you know, when several we've seen airstrikes. rockets being fired out of Gaza, uh, we never see uh, explosions of that scale. We might see uh, half a dozen, maybe a few more people being killed These jokers. in such rocket Honestly, attacks. Honestly, but why are they doing this? But why? Why? The answer is twofold. One, actual anti-Semitism. So there has been an overt attempt, particularly by members of the left since 1967, Israel's victory in the Six-Day War. There's been an attempt by the left to basically 
convert Israel into the world's big baddie. That was originally pushed by the Soviet Union, which was attempting to create a pan-Arab nationalism to use against the United States in the aftermath of Israel's victory in the Six-Day War. That's the geopolitics of this sort of anti-Semitism. But there's also this latent pro-Arabism that has existed, particularly in Britain, for a very long time. I don't know whether it's a weird sort of ethnocentric exoticism that exists in Britain or what the hell it is, but it is pathetically anti-Semitic. And when you promote blood libels the way the BBC routinely does, it costs actual lives. We'll get to that in just one second because the consequences of the media lying about all this stuff, and they're also doing so obviously on behalf of, again, that same intersectional ideal. The West is bad. The West is colonialist. Israel is bad. Israel is colonialist. All these things are the same. Wrap them into an intersectional ball, and then that will be your new movement. I mean, if ever you have wondered whether the intersectional movement is dangerous, yes, they are extremely dangerous. I don't just mean like ideologically dangerous. I mean, people will get killed dangerous. Okay, in just a second, we'll talk about the reverberations of these lies and the intersectional coalition's garbage in just one second. First, the world has obviously witnessed heinous attacks by Hamas terrorists against innocent Israeli civilians. The most recent attack was massive. It was devastating. Killed over 1,500 Israeli men, women, children, babies. Thousands more have been injured. 200 are being held hostage after being kidnapped. The sworn enemy of Israel and the Jews will stop at nothing to slaughter every last Jew, obviously, but there is something you can do. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is on the ground right now, providing critical essentials like food, medicine, and other emergency supplies for vulnerable Jews who need immediate help. The need is urgent. This organization needs your help right now. To donate, please go to benforthefellowship.org. Give as generously as you can. Write it down. That is benforthefellowship.org. Again, I've been making recommendations on many places that you can give. One of the best places you can give is the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. They're helping people on the ground right now in Israel. There's tremendous need. There are families that have been absolutely completely destroyed. Tons of new orphans, tons of new widows, tons of people who are in desperate need. Head on over to benforthefellowship.org. And if you have money in your wallet or the inclination, please give generously, benforthefellowship.org. Also, a bit of good news. If you haven't seen, we launched our new kids content app on Monday, Benkey. It is now officially the number one kids entertainment app. You guys did that. You download it. The content is awesome. My kids love it. It's great material. It's stuff that your kids are actually going to want to watch. And you know what's safe? You know what's safe? You can plant your kid in front of a TV or in front of, in front of your phone for five minutes. And no, your kids aren't going hit, to get hit with radical trans propaganda. They're actually just going to be watching fun, adventurous, good content. The kind of innocent content that we used to have growing up. You know, when Disney was Disney, before Disney turned into a woke factory of garbage. Ben Key is also, by the way, bringing back Saturday morning cartoons because new episodes are released every Saturday morning. So you can wake up and watch new episodes from A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay, Gus plus Us, Yeti Tales, and more. If you don't have the Bent Key app yet, consider this your invitation to join the number one kids app by downloading it today. If you're already a Daily Wire annual member, great news. You have full access to all of Bent Key's incredible shows at no extra cost. So if you're a subscriber but not annual, you don't. But this is why you should become an annual subscriber. Now, again, it would normally cost 99 bucks to subscribe to Bent Key, but it's included in your annual Daily Wire membership for free. So head on over right now to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Subscribe, and you can get Bent Key as well. Okay, meanwhile, the intersectional coalition, which has the media as its spokesperson, the, the entire media infrastructure, which is dedicated to the proposition that the West is the bad guy in the world, and Israel is just a spear point for the left, that sort of stuff lends a lot of credence and credibility to the worst people in the world, which is presumably why, according to the Wall Street Journal, the situation in the Middle East has gotten significantly worse. Quote, the explosion at a Gaza hospital Tuesday night set off a wave of protests across much of the Middle East and the broader Muslim world, some of them calling for death to Israel. There's a shock. Now, it doesn't matter, by the way, that uh, the Palestinians killed their own people here and then lied about it. 
Doesn't matter at all. By the way, I, I love that, that people are still repeating the casualty statistics brought to them by the Hamas Health Ministry. A literal lying terrorist organization tells you how many people are dead and injured. And that they have a magical ability, by the way, to count this stuff in minutes. Israel is still figuring out exactly how many people were murdered from the October 7th attacks, which is like two weeks ago. But Hamas within minutes can tell you exactly to the person how many people were killed, their ages, and who they were. Or they're lying to you and the media are credulous morons. Or they're not just credulous morons, they actually are quasi-pro-Hamas. In any case, all of this has now exploded in the Middle East. Anger, nevertheless, spread quickly through the region, according to the Wall Street Journal. Riots broke out near the Israeli embassy in Jordan, where millions of Palestinian diaspora live and which has had diplomatic ties with Israel since the 1990s. By the way, when they say the, the Palestinian diaspora, understand that's not correct. Transjordan was part of British Mandate Palestine. Transjordan is filled with Palestinian Arabs because British Mandate Palestine included Jordan. Around 80,000 Turkish protesters descended on the Israeli consulates in Istanbul, some attacking security forces and attempting to enter the compound, according to authorities. Again, not a shock there. Turkey has been a longtime ally of Hamas. They famously attempted to send a flotilla of weaponry into Israel, which ended with Israel having to raid the flotilla. And that, of course, was then blamed on Israel. In Iran, thousands of people across several cities demonstrated, including at the French and British embassies. That, of course, is ginned up by the Iranian government. A lot of Iranians are not anti-Israel. There's a sort of weird irony in the Middle East which is that in places where the government is the most anti-Israel, the population tends to be the most kind of apathetic or okay with Israel. That'd be like Iran. And in places where the government is least anti-Israel, which would be like Saudi Arabia, the population hates Israel. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. There were chants from protesters in Iraq, Iran on Tuesday night calling for the death of Israel. Some governments like Turkey and Jordan have declared days of mourning that the governments themselves looking for an off-ramp so that they can please their domestic constituency. They declared a day of mourning on behalf of a hospital massacre that did not happen, number one, and number two was caused by Palestinian Islamic Jihad if it did. So all of this is propagandistic and uh, the media did its best to promote all of that. Meanwhile, CNN is, is having fun. They're doing their mostly peaceful protest thing again. Fiery, but mostly peaceful in Amman, Jordan. And we saw yesterday hundreds of people gathering, some protesters even attempting to stall, storm the Israeli uh, embassy. So we have seen a bit of an increase in the security presence here, although it has been mostly uh, peaceful. Mostly peaceful. I mean, sure, they're trying to, you know, break into embassies, but it's mostly peaceful. As we all know, this is the way that it works. Just like the Black Lives Matter riots, which caused $2 billion in property damage, fiery, but mostly peaceful is, is what's happening over there. Meanwhile, Jordan's foreign minister, Ayman Safadi, said on Wednesday that they don't care whether Islamic Jihad bombed a hospital. They don't care about that at all. Instead, actually, there's deep skepticism. Quote, nobody is buying that narrative in this part of the world. Everyone here believes that Israel is responsible for it. The Israeli army is saying it's not. But to be honest, try and find anyone who's going to believe it in this part of the world. I wonder why that is. Could that be because you've had generations of, uh, of lies teaching that Jews are the scum of the earth and they, they ought to be exterminated? Maybe, maybe it's that. Maybe, maybe it's because of that. Meanwhile, all of these Arab nations, which care so deeply about the Palestinians in Gaza, they care so deeply about them. Uh, we are up to 21 Muslim nations that have expressed solidarity with the Palestinians in Gaza. A, a grand total of zero have offered any, any refugee assistance, any in fact, Egypt's foreign minister came out yesterday and said, absolutely not, we're, gonna, we're not going to take any refugees. Said there's pressure on Egypt and other countries in the region to absorb refugees from Gaza. Egypt refuses on principle. Uh, the principle is that you have to keep people in a war zone. That's the principle. That's a hell of an amazing principle that you've found there. Or maybe you don't want the Palestinian refugees in Egypt because you're afraid they're going to destabilize your regime as they have routinely destabilized regimes ranging from Jordan to Lebanon. Again, Lebanon is a case in point of what happens when... Palestinian refugees and their leadership en masse enter a country. Lebanon used to be 
a fully functioning Christian country. Beirut was known as the Paris of the Middle East. It is now a trash heap. That would be the reason why Egypt does not want to let in Palestinian refugees from the Gaza Strip. That's the exact reason. So instead, they're just going to keep them in a war zone and encourage them to stand directly over terror tunnels to shield the terrorists. Meanwhile, it's, it's amazing. I love this. Nations in the Middle East are apparently urging their citizens to evacuate Lebanon. Multiple countries have alerted their citizens inside Lebanon. They should immediately evacuate. As Hezbollah ramps up its attacks on Israel's northern borders, Reuters has reported that Hezbollah official Hashem Safidin gave a speech to thousands of supporters on Wednesday claiming the terrorist group was thousands of times stronger than it was in the past, threatening Israel and the West. Meanwhile, tons of nations, including, by the way, Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, are urging people to leave Lebanon ASAP. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. So they're, they're willing to take in, you know, people from Lebanon in Saudi Arabia, but not from the Gaza Strip. Very fa- fascinating, fascinating stuff. Meanwhile, the IDF is announcing that residents of 28 towns along the Israel-Lebanon border needed to evacuate. You're talking about thousands and thousands of people being evacuated thanks to uh, Hezbollah. Iran is ramping up its activities in various parts of the world. According to the Jerusalem Post, the U.S. military base in Iraq intercepted several drones targeting Iraq's al-Assad airbase. The U.S. has forces at al-Assad and several other facilities in Iraq. Two drones were intercepted. So Iran is, is sort of exploring around the edges. Now, the reason that Iran is exploring around the edges is because of the open question about Joe Biden. And this is really what it comes down to. Does Joe Biden have deterrent power? Does he have the power to deter Iran from getting in? That's the real question. He's been saying a lot of the right things. But does anyone trust that Joe Biden is going to fulfill his word? That if Hezbollah starts firing tens of thousands of rockets at Israel, that the aircraft carriers stationed in the Middle East will do something about that? That's an open question. Joe Biden's record up until now has suggested that he will do little to nothing which is why there is so much tension in the region. If the United States were strong and muscular, it would lessen the chances of a serious regional war because everybody in Hezbollah would know when we step off that line, we're going to get clocked in the mouth by the most powerful military force in the history of the world. But because everybody sort of suspects that Joe Biden is a bluffer, that is why everybody is on tenterhooks right now. That is only exacerbated by some of the language that Joe Biden has been using. So Biden is saying some of the stuff that's correct. Yesterday, obviously, he was in Israel. And he says that he knows that the hospital attack was not, in fact, Israel. Here, here was Joe Biden yesterday. Um, are upset about the hospital and don't necessarily believe uh, you or the Israelis that they didn't have anything to do with it. Do you have a message to the people in the streets right now? Well, I can understand why in this circumstance they wouldn't believe. I can understand that. And, but uh, I would not you notice I don't say things like that unless I have faith in the source from which I've gotten them. Our Defense Department says it's highly unlikely that it was Israelis, but if it had a different footprint and they've intercepted some anyway. And uh, so that's why, if you notice, I didn't say it first. I didn't, I wanted to make sure that I knew. And so I, I don't know all the detail, but I do know the people at the Defense Department who I respect and the intelligence community that I respect. He's highly improbable Israel, Joe Biden does not project strength. He does not. He's saying some of the right things there. He still projects weakness, not only in his person, but in some of his approach. In just one second, we'll get to more of that. This is one of the biggest problems in the Middle East right now is that when America is credibly dangerous, the Middle East tends to go silent. When Donald Trump was president, the Middle East was quite silent. You know why? Because everyone was afraid that crazy dude was going to beat the shit out of them. That's what they were afraid of with Donald Trump. That was his entire strategy. But when it comes to Joe Biden, 
everybody is kind of suspicious that maybe the stuff he says about standing alongside longtime allies, maybe it doesn't mean a lot since, you know, they did cut and run from Afghanistan, for example. We'll get to more on this momentarily first. Everyone has an opinion about everything these days, obviously. They're now supposed experts on everything, but you need to make sure that your discussions are rooted in facts. You should check out USA Facts. It's a not-for-profit, nonpartisan civic initiative committed to breaking down complex government data, making it easily accessible and digestible for every American. USA Facts is more than just a source of information. It's a tool that can help provide answers to pressing questions about the current state of the country. You can explore stats on key areas like education, crime, immigration, healthcare, empowering you to form your own opinions on whether the nation is thriving or struggling in these particular sectors. USA Facts can help provide the solid stats you need to base your public debates on facts, not on fiction. Before you jump into your next political debate, visit usafacts.org. Equip yourself with the robust data and facts that can help guide your way to productive and factual discussions and conversations. Make your voice heard, backed by truth with usafacts.org. Again, that's usafacts.org. Very hard to find reliable information in today's world. usafacts.org is a place where you can find stats that you need to equip yourself better for political conversations. Check them out right now, usafacts.org. Again, there's a lot of disquiet in the region because Joe Biden makes weird sounds. He makes weird sounds. Consistency and projection of strength are not merely about military posturing, meaning like moving aircraft carriers. People actually have to believe in your threat. The, the word, the, the phrase is credible threat, not just threat. So Joe Biden visiting Israel yesterday, he expressed his sympathy and then he warned Israel not to repeat rage-fueled mistakes after 9-11. Now, in this sort of language is so paternalistically weird. It's so strange. What is he even talking about? Rage-fueled mistakes. Israel, it is now October 19th. This attack happened on October 7th. That means it has been nearly two weeks since 1,500 Jews were slaughtered. Men, women, babies, 200 hostages being held underground by the worst terrorists on the planet. Israel has yet to do a ground incursion, even. By the way, for all the talk about there's no electricity and water in Gaza, the reality is that because Israel only provided like 10% of the electricity and water in Gaza, there still is, in many parts of the Gaza Strip, electricity and water, and Israel is providing that in the South. So where are these rage-fueled mistakes that Biden is talking about? What exactly is he warning of? Other than it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card if a stray bomb hits the wrong target, and then he can claim that it was a rage-fueled mistake. This is, this is, this is dumb language from the president. I understand and many Americans understand. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. I'm wondering what exactly he's referring to there. I mean, Israel isn't invading Iraq, I noticed. They're talking about going deliberately into the area run by the exact terrorist group that actually murdered all of its citizens. What the hell is he talking about? Again, the question of Joe Biden's weakness is still first and foremost on a lot of minds. That's particularly the case when in the middle of all of this, the Biden administration said it will ease sanctions against companies that trade in oil produced in Venezuela. So Venezuela is an ally of Iran which is the sponsor state of this terrorist attack. Venezuela is run by an evil dictator named Nicolas Maduro. And uh, Joe Biden is attempting to coddle Venezuela because he wants to lower oil prices before the election. And so that, of course, is creating a feeling among a lot of America's worst enemies that, you know, if you got levers on some oil, then maybe you can actually, you know, shift the president of the United States here. That Joe Biden will do anything to keep the oil prices low, which is not a place you want to be. If you, if you feel like you can leverage the most powerful country in the world, that means that the president is projecting weakness, and that is a real problem. Meanwhile, anti-Semitism continues to spread incredibly fast around the globe. 
There's an attempted synagogue burning in Berlin the other night. According to the BBC, Berlin's Jewish community has been shaken by two petrol bombs thrown into synagogue amid a spike in anti-Semitic incidents in some European countries. Police said two people threw burning bottles filled with liquid in what was described as attempted arson. Chancellor Olaf Scholz has expressed outrage at the attack. Violence broke out elsewhere in Berlin overnight during anti-Israel protests. Emergency services were pelted with bottles, stones, and fireworks. Protesters set barricades alight in a number of streets, and one demonstration close to the Brandenburg Gate involved 700 people. That came as Hezbollah was calling for a day of rage. So again, European anti-Semitism on the rise, largely in the radical Muslim community that was been, that's been imported into, into Europe over the course of the last few decades. Meanwhile, a synagogue was attacked in Spain as well. It's called the Melilla Synagogue. And um, there is tape of, of, you can see people rushing down the street toward the site of the attack. The police are going to try and stop this. In France, eight French airports were forced to evacuate for security reasons. In eastern France, Strasbourg Airport says it was evacuated due to a bomb threat. Nantes Airport in western France was evacuated for the same reason. The airports of Biarritz and Toulouse in the southwest, Lille in the north, and lyon Braun in the southeast said operations were resuming following a police operation. All were evacuated earlier on Wednesday because of a bomb scare. In Tunisia, a synagogue that is not in use but did contain Torah scrolls was burned. There's video of that happening. This is obviously um, footage that's released by fans of the of the arsonists. That's how you can tell with the uh, with the incredible to the incredibly wonderful strains of uh, Arabic language music happening right there. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Inspiring music as they burn a synagogue. Hundreds of Tunisians, according to the al reportedly burnt the Al-Khama synagogue on Tuesday evening, according to videos and images posted on TikTok. This is my favorite part of the lie about the state of Israel, that if the state of Israel ceased to exist, don't worry, the Jews will be treated great in Muslim countries. Yeah, I believe that. You're totally right, guys. That, that's going to happen. The synagogue does not currently function as a place of worship because um, there is no Jewish community because, again, they were expelled. Videos posted the morning after show much of the synagogue complex burnt with Arabic graffiti sprayed on the walls of the synagogue rooms, which remained intact. They uh, they shattered all of the they shattered all of the art inside the synagogue. Again, there was another de- deadly terrorist attack in May against the El Riba synagogue on the island of Jerba as well. So that, that happened a few months ago. They they love Jews in this particular region of the world. So that's why it's so shocking when they when when a terrorist group kills a bunch of Jews and everybody reacts by blaming the Jews. That's, that's why we should all be shocked is because everyone over there, we have been told by the Western media, is a moderate liberal minded person who would be perfectly at home in New York or Detroit or Chicago or anywhere else and would provide no threat to the West whatsoever. They are all wonderful, liberal minded people. They're just a few bad apples. Well, actually, there are a bunch of people who think truly evil things. And then there are people who are terrorists. There is a distinction between the two people who believe truly evil things. That's not a death penalty offense. But pretending away the problem is not going to solve the problem nor is it going to give Israel the wherewithal to defend itself or the West the wherewithal to defend itself. Again, the West's constant belief in its, in its own narcissistic centrality is, is truly incredible. And meanwhile, the Republicans continue to do what Republicans do, which is uh, run directly into trees and kick themselves in the ball simultaneously. So that, that, that is the thing that they are continuing to do. You, know, you might think at this time that we would have some you know, serious politicians on the scene. Unfortunately, this is America. We don't do that sort of thing around here. So um, the uh, the speakership of the House of Representatives is still very much up in the air. Jim Jordan, who was uh, 
the person who was going to run after Steve Scalise. Remember, Kevin McCarthy was ousted by Matt Gates for, mm, I don't know, mm-hmm. they, they threw McCarthy. And their plan was to, mm-hmm. and to gain concessions like, but they threw up McCarthy because it had to be done because the establishment. I do love that the word establishment in Republican parlance now just means people who don't rant at walls. Like that's literally what it means. Like if you rant at the wall, then you're then you're anti-establishment. But if you don't rant at walls, then you're probably part of the establishment. It, it has no ideological con- content, by the way. The word establishment has no actual policy content. If you're Paul Ryan and you want deep cuts to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid that are driving America's national debt, you're an establishment rhino. But if you want to increase spending, if you're a big spending New York Republican, you're also an establishment rhino. If you are a socially conservative Republican like Mike Pence, sorry to say you are an establishment rhino. Also, if you are a socially liberal member of the Republican caucus, like say Chris Sununo, you are an establishment rhino. If you're hawkish on foreign policy, like Lindsey Graham, you're an establishment rhino. But if you're kind of dovish, like John Huntsman, well, that, also an establishment rhino. Like the, the word just means whatever people want it to mean. And these days, what it means is you are not sufficiently loud or something, or you got a thing done. If you got a thing done, that's evidence that you like the other side, if you got a thing done. So that's why Kevin McCarthy had to be ousted. Doesn't matter that, by the way, any Speaker of the House is going to have to cut exactly the same kind of deals that Kevin McCarthy did, because I know this is hard to, hard to believe, but... Believe it or not, there's a Democratic Senate and a Democratic president. And so it doesn't matter what House bill you pass. That doesn't make it through the Senate or to the president or get passed. But it doesn't matter. They got rid of Kevin McCarthy because their excellent, excellent plan was. Anyway, they got rid of Kevin McCarthy. Then they had an internal election between Steve Scalise, who is the House Majority Whip, and Jim Jordan, the head of the House Oversight Committee. I like both guys. I know both guys. Both good guys. Both would make good speakers. Scalise won the internal election 113 to 99. So then they're like, okay, fine. We will go forward as a united front, except they didn't have the votes for Scalise because all it takes is peeling off four Republicans not voting for Scalise in order for him not to become the speaker. So he withdrew. He's like, I'm not doing this. This is garbage. It's ruining my life. Nope. So Jim Jordan is like, okay, fine. Yeah, fine, I'll do it. So Jim Jordan was on, on the first ballot. He came up 20 votes short. On the second ballot, he came up 22 votes short with seven Republicans voting for Scalise, five voting for McCarthy, three for Lee Zeldin. One voted for John Boehner. By the way, who did all the Democrats vote for? Hakeem Jeffries. So this is all going absolutely astonishingly well because it turns out that, again, if being establishment means that you run directly into trees and kick yourself in the ball simultaneously, the Republicans are doing an amazing, amazing job. On the one hand, you have the GOP moderates in in New York districts who are deeply afraid that if Jim Jordan is the Speaker of the House, that they are going to basically lose their seats. On the other hand, you have the Freedom Caucus which is trying to be principled in some ways, but refusing to acknowledge reality in others. You can see, you can see the, the battle happening inside the Republican caucus because no one will acknowledge the actual reality, which is the incentive structure is exactly the same. A fractious caucus, certain cuts will be made. You're not going to get everything you want. Democrats run the Senate and the White House. Deal with it. Sorry, that's the reality. And I know there are a lot of people in my particular industry who spend all day and all night telling you that you can have the moon. You can't. That's not how this game works. I'll tell you where the Republicans stray from principle. I promise you. I'll tell you where they come up short. I'm happy to tell you that. What they couldn't get done. Also, I live in a world called reality world. And in reality world, Republicans aren't going to get everything they want because they have a caucus that is only 221 seats and a minority in the Senate and not the presidency. In any case, 
Here is one GOP moderate, Representative Don Bacon. He, he was boasting yesterday that Jordan was headed for defeat. Quote, he'll fight to the death likely and we won't let off. Their tactics angered us. They're harassing our spouses even. Jordan hit a brick wall, which, by the way, seems to be the case. In the first vote for Jordan, 20 Republicans defected. In the second vote, 22 Republicans defected. Meanwhile, Chip Roy, a representative I actually trust, member of the Freedom Caucus, Chip's a really good guy, would make a great speaker, but would never be elected speaker because, again, many Republicans are too left-wing for that. Chip Roy, there's talk now about Democrats joining with Republicans to empower the speaker pro tem, Patrick McHenry, because they're so dysfunctional. They have to go to the Democrats and be like, what what concessions can we make to you so we can have a functioning house? Here's Chip Roy being like, what the hell are we doing, guys? What is this? Never in the history of this institution, never, to the best of my knowledge, have we ever appointed a speaker pro tem with the full powers of the speakership without having elected a duly elected speaker. We have not done that, to the best of my knowledge. To do that would be playing uh, games with such an important position as third in line to the, to the presidency. We should do our job and select a speaker. The Constitution says that. So any move to do otherwise is contrary to the Constitution and would do enormous damage to not just the Republican Party, but the House of Representatives. And I violently oppose any effort to do that do you, on the floor of the House. Chip Roy is exactly correct, but that's where it may end up if Republicans can't actually agree amongst themselves to elect a speaker, even if they have disagreements with the speaker from time to time. Again, this is just stupid. First rule of politics, don't interrupt your opponents while they're making a mistake. Second rule of politics, don't run directly into trees while kicking yourself in the balls. Republicans seem dedicated to breaking both rules. All right, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. We'll be joined online by Ellie Beer. He's the founder and president of United Hatsala, which is an emergency response service in Israel. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 